and welcome back to Take 10. This is your host, Tamika, and I am so excited that you decided to join us again. This is episode 14. This is also part three of Who is in Your Boat? All right, let's get into it. Our base scripture is Matthew 13, 22 to 32. It reads, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that day, he was there alone and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. So let's just go back. In episode 13, we saw that Jesus was asleep at the bottom of the boat and they thought that he was uh, not there, not present, not caring, right? They said, do you wish that we would perish? And this time you see Jesus is not with them in the boat, but he's coming to them. And so both times it seems like they are alone or they feel like they are alone. And I want to just encourage you to know that there are times where you are going to feel like you are alone, like Jesus is not there. In this case, Jesus was not physically there with them in the boat. And that creates a different type of pressure. It's like when you know he's there, ah, you know, you're going to wake him up. But both times they're feeling like, ah, and this is something that I think we see happen in our lives today. It's just like, I don't see Jesus or he's, you know, not paying attention or, you know, he has other things to deal with. And I think we really get just focus on the wrong things. All right. It says, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. So Jesus was coming to them through an unconventional way. <laughs> he did not come via a boat. And if they had any hope that he was going to come and save them at all, it would not have been walking on water, right? And so this is the same thing we saw with the three Hebrew boys when they were in a fiery furnace. So there were many ways God could have stepped into their situation. However, I don't think they thought he would have just showed up <laughs> or sent the angel to just show up. This is something that we see now. What we have a way that we think God is going to show up in our lives or in our situation. And this right here is such an example. And you see it all throughout scripture, how he doesn't show up the way we think he's going to show up, like at all, at all. Who would have thought the man would have been walking on water? Literally, who would have thought that? But a lot of times we don't see him showing up. We don't see him coming in the way we think he should come. And sometimes that can be the problem. How he chooses to show up is not up to us. And how he chooses to show up will not be the way that we think he should show up. The method that he chooses to display his power will always be in ways that shows everyone that the Lord God reigns over all the earth. So we need not forget that. 
We need not forget how God chooses to show up. It's not up to us. And he has a greater viewpoint. So let's keep going. It says they immediately were afraid. They were terrified. It's a ghost. And so we can be scared when he doesn't show up. But we also need to listen for instructions from God. Because Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. But we need to listen for instructions from God right? We need to listen for his voice. And when we are faced with scary and tough times, we need to listen for God's instruction. What is he telling us to do? Okay. So Peter being Peter, uh, said, Hey, if it's you tell me to come out on the water. And there's some times where we will fleece God and ask him to do crazy things in order to prove that it's actually him and that he's orchestrating our steps. However, when he does it, we need to keep our eyes on him. So it says that Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, beginning to sing, cried out, Lord, save me. So when Peter loses sight of God, he begins to worry about the wind and the distractions and what this one thinks about you and how this one serves God. And this one's never ready. And this one broke the internet and this one been lying for years. And I knew the whole time, none of that is our concern. The wind, who broke the internet, none of that is our concerns. These are the distractions of life that get us off our guard. It causes us to fall out of line. It takes our eyes off Jesus and we start to go down. We start to drown. And we have to remember to keep our eyes on him. Okay, now Peter gets a bad rap because it's just like, oh yeah, he he took his eyes off Jesus. But Peter was courageous. He was the only one. (laughs) That said, hey, if it's you, bid me come. And not even just said it. He got out of the water and walked on water. However, I do think that even though he was courageous for that, the success, a lot of our success is about longevity. So anyone can be famous, but do you have the foresight and the character to keep it? Anyone can have a platform these days. Anyone can go down as a playground legend. They've done amazing things on the court, right? And Peter's known as a water walker, but the thing is his longevity is about him being a rock for building God's church. So Jesus rebuked him, but not in the way of like, you dumb. Why in the world did you do that? But it's like any father would correct his child. Like, son, I'm right here. I'm right here. Do you think I was going to let you fall? You see me right here. That's not going to go down like that on my watch. Right? And it says that when they climbed into the boat, they, keyword being they, the wind died down. Jesus walked on water with the winds blowing each and every way. But Peter still walked on the water. Jesus walked on the water and peace was with him. He was not impacted by the wind. So anywhere Jesus is going, peace is with him. So when he pulled Peter up out of the water and when they climbed into the boat, the wind stopped. And it's almost like a movie scene where they say scene is what they call out at the end. The wind ceased. Scene This scene or season is now over. So the question goes back to this whole section is who is in your boat? Who is in your boat? This, I believe, this scene, (laughs) this season was done to demonstrate that Jesus was the son of God. And that's what it says. Verse 33 says, then those who were in the boat worship him saying, truly, you are the son of God. This was done so that God would get the glory. That scene was done. But as soon as they got into the boat, 
This scene was over so that God could get the glory. God has all reign and power over every single thing. There's nothing too hard for him. You can walk on water today. Mountains can be moved. We have faith the size of a mustard seed. You can say to this mountain, be that removed and it will be done. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. But the question is, who is in your boat? Who is in your boat? If anybody's going to be in your boat, Jesus needs to be in your boat. But you also need to be cognizant of anybody else that is in your boat. Father, I pray right now, God, that you would touch, heal, and deliver. That you would give us the wisdom to know not only who's in our boat, but who needs to be in our boat. And what seasons of those that are in our boat are over. When the scene is over, Father, we know that you need to be in the midst of every single season of our lives. We know that you need to be in our boats. We know that when you enter, God, you bring peace that surpasses all understanding. So, Father, we ask you right now to be in our boats, God, as we're traveling, doing what you've called us to do, being obedient to you and your word. We ask right now that you remain in the center, that you will guide us, God, that you will lead us. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. All right, that is take 10. I will see you next time.